0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at raymer.org.au forward slash media. We're going to get into what he has for us today and that is uh, when bad boomerangs. When bad boomerangs. Now, we take for granted boomerangs here um, because this is where they all came from. This is where boomerangs came from. But, you know, from Colorado, yeah, uh, unless you've made, unless somebody sent you one as a gift or unless, unless you came to Australia sometime in your life, you don't have a boomerang. People, people from Australia and our, our First Nation people blessed us with this amazing device That can come back if you know how to do it. Elsewise, you just lose your boomerang. So, we want bad to not just be out there somewhere we want it actually to bounce back on bad and so that's what we're going to talk about today it's important for us to really always remember this fact that when we when uh, when we are born again we become members of the family of God and God's our father and we have family rights and family realities that you just you know it takes all the rest of your life and and learning uh, in the Word, in Revelation, to know how amazingly blessed that is. In eternity, it will still be something that just touches your heart, that the one who sits on the throne is your heavenly Father. It's amazing, and he he calls you his own. He claims you. It's just an amazing truth, an amazing fact, but you're not just a child of god you're also a citizen in the kingdom of god and it's important that you know the reality of that too because there are there are kingdom rights and responsibilities that each of us have that if we don't know we may default to a, a natural uh, citizenship a natural kingdom that uh, that we are a part of that can or uh, can be good and everything, but not like the kingdom of God. There is one kingdom that will never come to an end. There's one kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so it is this kingdom that you and I are citizens of. And Jesus, in in Matthew in particular, other books as well, but in Matthew in particular, he gave parables many many parables to help us to realize and to understand the different characteristics of the kingdom so that we could participate with them rather than than to default to something different or to to go cross grain of them and so today we want to look at some things that are pertinent to uh, the fact that we are children of God, but also that we are part of the kingdom of God, citizens of this kingdom, and, and um, to know the ways of the, our kingdom, to know the ways uh, of our king, and to function together with him. It was um, in my uh, prayer with with the Lord regarding our time together today um, I sensed this was a desire of his that we, as a, as his children, and then as citizens of his kingdom, and he's, he put this in my heart. He said, it's just sometimes minor tweaks. Sometimes they're huge changes, but sometimes they're just minor little tweaks. I want any kind of change happening that... Causes me to be able to represent him the the most. But he gave me this phrase that we can be moved from reaction and spectating, reaction and spectating, to responding and participating. I'm going to say it again this way. Reaction from things around us in this natural world, and from even, the, even whatever the devil would do, but reaction to response, and then moving from spectating and just watching what's going on in horror or curiosity, mesmerized, whatever, moving from spectating or maybe just not doing anything, or maybe being in the place where I can't be bothered by any of it. Moving from that to actually participating with God. We want to work with God. And so God's purposes in his kingdom and for his family are continuing to unfold. They've unfolded over all of the ages, but he doesn't work alone. He actually works with people. And the Bible talks about being a a, a vessel of honor and, of course, being his children. We want to be the vessel of honor and, and we want to present our bodies to him. But what we want to move away from would be faulty thinking or incorrect thinking that God can only use people who've got it right, who are doing it right and who color inside the box, that God can only, and his purposes are are actually unfolded through people who get it right. If you think about it, if God could only work with people who get it right, and God's got some major problems, (laughs) God ain't going to get anything done because pretty much, yeah, People don't always get it right. But God's plans and His purposes, we know, you know, from one of our favorite verses of scripture, Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, the thoughts and the plans of God are good. They're good and not evil, it says. While God's thoughts and plans for each person are good and not evil, He doesn't cram His thoughts and plans down your throat. He doesn't, even though they're good, he doesn't make you have them. God gave the human a sacred will, and he allows humans to choose, even if it's against him, and even if it's against his good thoughts and plans. It's really quite amazing. And we all do, different people in different degrees. Choose against his thoughts and plans, some of them knowingly, some of them is just a mistake. We didn't even know what the thought and plan was. That's why we ask. There's prayers in the Bible to help us to ask to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Well, but look at this. You can put up that phrase. God's perfect plan perfectly involves imperfect people. I'm going to say it again. God's perfect plan perfectly involves imperfect people. So guess who it gets to keep including? Me <laughs> and you. But we're going to look at today at some things that I believe God wants to help us to diffuse fear and Worry over bad getting the upper hand. Uh, and so we're going to look into the Word of God, uh, looking at things that people do wrong, uh, governments do wrong, organizations do wrong, uh, uh, fixating on on that wrong can actually, uh, it can start taking your breath and start making you uh, a little disconcerted. And so what we want to, he needs us to move away from that. He needs us to look at him. And we sang that today in the way that we worshiped, in the songs that we were singing about. So we're going to look on purpose at some stories in the Bible that had to do with God's purposes and plans that included imperfect people. And over the years, as I've read, uh, you know, just in my daily devotions, uh, I have kept track of some of these colossal mistakes. <laughs> and I think it's very interesting that the Bible is not just a compilation of the good things that people did, it's not. The Bible is jam-packed also full, not just of the triumphs, but it also includes things that people just missed it all over the place. Why would God, who had inspired the the, the, the writing of the Bible, why would he include such such mess. And I believe it's for days like this when he needs us to look right at bad and say, you're not going to spook me. You're not going to get me to stop singing the song, everything works together for my good. Not because I got it completely right or that everyone around me in my whole life, in the whole world, in every government of the world is all about everything good happening for me. Actually, if no one in the world is on my side, if God is for me, what? Who can be against me? So, let's look at some of these. Are you ready? Uh, Israel... Was not always, I'm talking about, we we know the nation of Israel, but the nation of Israel came from man by the name of Israel, but he wasn't always Israel. His name, first of all, was Jacob, which means deceiver, bad name, but he was, he was a deceiver. And what's even worse is he got this amazing trait from his mom and He was the second uh, to be born, and he wasn't supposed to get the birthright of of the father, which was Isaac, the father before him. He wasn't supposed to get Isaac's birthright, or he wasn't to get the father's blessing. But the purpose of God was for Jacob to become Israel. How did it happen? Did it just happen that God just moved? on Isaac's heart, and he just thought, oh, you know, I just, I just think I'm going to give the blessing to my second son instead of my first. No, didn't happen that way. You know how it happened? The mom absolutely bald-faced lied and got her son Jacob to be a party of a lie to swindle the older brother out of his blessing. He had to even escape with his life. Later on, this deceiver wrestled with God, changed him so much that his name didn't fit him anymore and God named him Israel. How about Joseph? It's a great story in the Bible. Joseph became the premier of Egypt which was the empire that ruled the world at that time. How did he get to do that? Just because everybody was on his side and everybody helped him and encouraged him and, and helped make a way and he just had favor coming and going, just all kind of favor coming and going. And so jo- Joseph ended up being, no. He had a dysfunctional father who favored him more than the other sons. And it made them jealous. Imperfect, imperfect, imperfect. And then Joseph himself was a blab mouth. He had some prophetic dreams inside that he just couldn't keep his trap mouth closed on. And and it just rubbed that in the brother's face until they just, they were gonna kill him and then they ended up selling him. Then Potiphar's wife, lied and said he had, he had raped her, and then, and then he was in prison, you know, just, ah, just one thing after another. So when these bad things happened to Joseph, we have to see the bad, in the end, boomeranged God and his purpose came to pass for Joseph, but not just because everybody was so nice to him and everything was so good. Let's look at another one. Moses. (laughs) And Moses, you know, is famous, famous leader of Israel that got the, the Israelites out of slavery. But it didn't start there didn't start there it started with moses making a colossal mistake and we've made mistakes i'm sure and you have i have but i take comfort in this at least my mistake wasn't murder and moses's was he he responded incorrectly to the purpose of God in his life. He, he knew something was happening. He was to save. And so he actually murdered. But you don't see God gasping in heaven and saying, you failure. Now I'm going to have to get somebody else. Why'd you go and murder the person? That wasn't what you're supposed to do. That isn't what God was saying in heaven. All things worked. Pharaoh... God extended to him. He said, let my people go. And he told him that over and over and over. Let him go. He gave Pharaoh opportunity, opportunity, opportunity to participate in one way, in a particular way to his plan. He didn't. So, you know, there are some people like Pharaoh or some people who the purpose and the plans of God unfold on, but not through. They're more like When you're playing pool, which I can't, but I've seen people do it, other people do it. I'm good to connect the pole to the ball and not miss it. But sometimes you do a straight shot to the pocket, but sometimes the really good guys know how to bank shot. It hits that, and it hits that ball, and it goes over there, and goes over there, goes over there, and then... And then it gets in the pocket. I reckon God is the best bank shot. <laughs> the best bank shooter. People are going, nope, you're not going to do that with me. Nope, no, I'm not having God's way. And God said, well, hold still, let me, bank, let me bump something off of you. And that was Pharaoh, David beautiful worshiper in the wilderness, but how did he get started in the, in the line where he was working in kingdom affairs? He walked over the bridge of, of Goliath's back, something that was ugly and mean and against the armies of God, against the plans of God. He worked against, at Goliath defied that, Every single day. And here comes David. Here comes David. No, Goliath was not for God. Wasn't for David. He was meaning to take his head off and he promised to feed his flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David himself... (laughs) <laughs> He's a man after God's own heart. I mean, he was an example of the messianic kingdom uh, leader. My goodness, it's amazing. David <laughs> David was a murderer and an adulterer, but, and you don't see God saying, angels, bring, bring the divine, the sacred and holy eraser and get him out of my sight. He messed up. He didn't. Let's look at Jesus. <laughs> Let's look at Jesus' genealogy. Jesus' genealogy included, like every other genealogy in the Bible, uh, different men. Uh, you know, so-and-so was the son of so-and-so, which was the son of so-and-so, and it backs all the way up until Adam, who is the son of God. I mean, it went all the way to the beginning. And so the genealogy is quite old because uh, Jesus wasn't born of a woman immediately after he was prophesied in, in Genesis, the third chapter and verse 15. He wasn't born right away. It was generations And so we see in one of the genealogies, we see four women, which is very odd. Women did not appear in genealogies. Only fathers uh, appeared in genealogies. But in Jesus' genealogy, four women appeared. Why? And then after we hear who they are, it begs an even louder question. Really, why? Why? Why did you claim these people into your genealogy? Why couldn't you have just mentioned the men? And forget about these, these women. Because listen, the first one. Tamar is mentioned. Listen what, what her thing is. She pretended to be a harlot and got pregnant by her father-in-law. That's a little embarrassing. You know who her father-in-law was? Judah. We have songs about the lion of the tribe of... But not everything about Judah was amazing. In fact, don't study too deep on Judah unless you want to be absolutely shocked and horrified. There were some good things But there was some bad. There's a whole story why Tamer, why all that happened. We won't go into it all. Just saying, the Holy Spirit could have easy scrubbed that out of there. Just kind of looked the other way, but he didn't. He put it in writing. Put it smack dab in the genealogy. How about Rahab. When Rahab is mentioned, not only in the Old Testament, but in Hebrews 11th chapter, among faith heroes, it doesn't just call her Rahab, it calls her Rahab the harlot. Really? Jesus had two of these? Indeed he did. This woman was not only a harlot, she was also an amazing liar. Because... The spies who came out to spy Jericho, which we love that story, they came to to Rahab's place. And then the king came and said, where are those Israelites? Bring them out. They've come to spy on Jericho. And she said, oh, they were here, but they're long gone. They already left. Hurry, you'll catch them. Absolute bald-faced lie. She's in the Bible. It just doesn't seem right. I've been living really right and nice. It just seems like God should only use people just like me who believe things just like I do. Actually, he uses these people on purpose. So that the devil can never lie to you and say, You're scrubbed. There's no hope for you. God can't use you. You've done too much, or no one is helping you. No one's helping you do God's will. I tell you what, God's purposes and plans require your trust in God. Praise the Lord. Let's look at the last one, or two ones. Ruth. (laughs) Ruth was an exceptional woman. She was David's great-grandmother. But she was a Moabite, an amazing woman, but she was a Moabite. Who were the Moabites? Well, the Moabites were a tribe that descended from Moab. Who was that? Moab was the son of Lot and his daughter, Let that soak just a little bit. Terrible. Bathsheba was the one that David messed up with, and then David killed her husband to cover up that untimely pregnancy, unfortunate, inconvenient. If God is having these things written in Scripture They are to be used as tools and weapons against the lie of the enemy to say that there's any sin, any problem that can stop the will and the purposes of God. God's plans will not be stopped. They will not be stopped. Will he try through individuals? Will he try through governments? Will he try? Has he tried? Of course he's tried. And he has absolutely failed and will fail because the purposes and the plans of God are going forward. So, let's look at one other example. Paul the Apostle. On the road to Damascus. First time a prophecy came about him, regarding him to a man by the name of Ananias that was to pray for him after he'd lost his sight by that bright light, told him about Saul that he would, turn to Paul, that he would minister to kings. Two other times Jesus said, Told Paul that he would stand before kings one time, specifically to Caesar. How did that happen? That sounds like a beautiful prophecy. If somebody were to prophesy to you, say, You know, praise God, stand up. You're going to, you're going to, I have a word for you. You're going to minister to kings, you're going to minister to world leaders. You'd think, Who am I? But hey, That was kind. I tell you how it happened. Not because everybody was so nice to Paul and helping him, helping his helping him rise the ladder. Everybody's on his side, and he's got such favor to give him such access to so I tell you how Paul got before Nero, Caesar, Emperor of the Roman Empire. He did it because he was hated every cotton-picking and and day of his life. If we're just looking for the, the kisses and the hugs and the, oh, it's so wonderful, we may miss the fact that even our enemies, even what the devil means for our enemies end up serving God's purposes when you keep your trust in God. I believe in, I believe the early church prayed for Paul when he was persecuting them as Saul. I, I believe they prayed for their enemies. They prayed for Saul. They prayed for him. He was persecuting them. I believe they prayed and God sent the persecutors his best and he sent, when he sent paul there 's a lot more we could say about that but let 's go on what can we do to make sure that bad that comes our way boomerangs back on bad you don 't want to embrace bad you don't want to you don't want bad to stick you don't want bad to make its mark. You want it to boomerang. Here's a couple things that we just want to see, three things that we want to see from 1 John 4, 4. Familiar verse of Scripture, okay? Let's look at it. But you belong to God. Can we just say that out loud? I think it would help us. I belong to God. My dear children you've already won a victory over these people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world there are three things from this verse of scripture that will help bad boomerang when around you there are uglies when there's bad whatever whatever's happening is bad the first thing is the spirit the spirit, this word spirit, because the spirit, the who? The spirit. If we're panicking, if we're hyperventil, if you're holding your breath because of what you're seeing, if you're holding your breath, your hands are are sweating because of what you're seeing going around and going going on. Maybe not just to you, but even in the world around us. If we're if we're scared about it, back up to this one. The spirit. Well, who's that? Keep on panicking unless you know who the Spirit is. The Spirit is the one that facilitated creation. There isn't anything that the Holy Spirit can't do. He's God. So the Holy Spirit, the first thing that we do when there is bad around us is remember the Holy Spirit. The second thing who lives in heaven? Look at the verse. Who lives in heaven? I love that God Almighty lives in heaven. But sometimes that isn't going to do you any good in your house. This verse of Scripture says, The Spirit who lives where? Say it a bit stronger. Where does he live? And it doesn't say the spirit who lives in that great minister the spirit who lives in that amazing minister the spirit who lives in that pastor and that preacher no the spirit who lives in me in you amen the third thing the spirit who lives in you is and this is the third word the third thing to keep our consciences conscience on is greater It's greater. (laughs) That's why we're seven in the morning and seven at night. Take a break and praise the greater one. Whatever is breathing bad breath on you, saying whatever it's saying about you, about your family, about this nation, about the state of the body of Christ, greater is he that is in us. He's greater than he that's in the world. Is there somebody that's in the world? Yes, there is an enemy. Yes, there is a real-life devil. Yes, he hates you. Yes, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes, he is everything that the Bible says he is. But God is everything that he says he is. And he is far greater not just a bit greater. You don't see the greater one and the enemy going toe to toe and Jesus and the devil neck and neck. Ooh, let's see who's going to win. I'm telling you, when God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised him far above. All principality and power. And we remember that on purpose. We praise that. We declare that, and we act like it's true. Praise the name of the Lord. So today, I want to give you one more verse of Scripture, Romans 10 and verse 11, as the guys come to, uh, to help finish the service. In Romans 10, verse 11, it says, for the Scripture says, everyone who believes in him. It doesn't say Everyone who's got it all together, everyone whose friends are so, you know, surrounding them and they have everybody's on their side. No, it doesn't say that. It says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. And you know, as we were singing that song about, um, yeah, I still believe. I still believe you're moving. The Holy Spirit started moving on me and my heart it has to do with people that are watching, but I know also it has to do with individuals in this room. God is still moving. And He is working everything to your good. When you, when you pray the word, when you worship him, God, when you take authority over the enemy, when you stay in his word, when you follow the Holy Spirit, when you do what he tells you to do, it's all expressions of trust. I trust you. I trust you. If you trust him Whatever needs to happen. Whatever needs to happen. And I got this while, while we were worshiping, actually worshiping that song. There's some people have exhausted your mind nearly in trying to figure out how God can fix something. And I felt in my heart to, de- to say really clear to you, leave it alone. The way he's going to do some things are so far better than you could have ever imagined. Greater than you could imagine. He's going to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that works in you. That power is working in us. Hallelujah. Can you just put your hands up to God's purpose for your life, God's purpose for this land, God's purpose for the body of Christ. We are not coming behind at all. We are going forward. God's purpose is coming to pass. Hallelujah. No matter what the enemy thought he would do, it's going to boomerang back on him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see. I see uh, as your hands are up to him in giving him trust, give. that's one of the best ways for you to give him honor and worship is saying, I trust you as opposed to worrying, which is insulting. We don't want to insult God with our worry. We want to trust him and worship him with our, with our complete trust in him. Amen. I see heaven is at work right now. I'm telling you, angels are at work right now. As you trust in him, things are moving. Don't get in your head and think, well, then it has to work out this way or work. No, leave it with God. It is his work to make everything turn together for good. In Jesus' name, close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for every person who is in this room and those that are watching online. And I thank you for this power that does work in people who have given their lives to Jesus and this greater one that does live on the inside of those who have given their life to Jesus. Father, if there's anyone who is watching or in this room who has not yet given their life to Jesus, today is that day. Hallelujah. No need to wait one more day in Jesus' name. And I would like to invite you at the end of this service, make a beeline right up here to the front. Somebody will pray with you. You can ask Jesus into your heart. The greater one will move inside. The power of God will move inside. Hallelujah. Great, 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 greater is the Lord on the inside of you. Let's stand up. Amen. And let's go out singing. Amen. And God bless you. Have a really great week. Be a blessing to somebody and uh, let's turn the greater one loose in our life by our trust. Amen. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week please visit our website at bramer.org.au